You're listening to On the Road, Our Way, the archive of the podcast formerly known as Women on the Road from 2017 to 2020, hosted and produced by Laura Borshevsky and a production of Rabble Media. Boots are meant to take you somewhere. Since 1932, Danner's been living by that belief, which is why they've been crafting boots with purpose and integrity in Portland, Oregon, so that you can head on any adventure knowing you're showing up prepared for whatever's down the road. Danner also so strongly believes in the quality of their footwear that they're committed to recrafting your old USA-made Danner boots into ones that are better than new. Because whether it's a shale-covered path, a dirt road, the base of a waterfall, or the top of a mountain, your boots are your vessel to get you somewhere you've always wanted to experience. So go there with Danner. Learn more at danner.com. This episode of Women on the Road is also brought to you by Kusa Tea. As the temperatures drop, a lot of us are looking for hot beverages we can take on the go. Kusa believes that you should be able to have good tea wherever you are. And not just good tea, premium tea. In seconds, right in your cup, with just water in a tiny packet you can take with you anywhere. With that first taste of winter upon us, I've been enjoying all the different teas Kusa has to offer, like their green tea, oolong, spicy chai, and more, including blends with real fruit and no added sugars. Each one makes me feel like I treated myself to something special simply by opening a packet and warms me from the inside out, whether I'm at camp, in the driver's seat, or sitting at home in front of my microphone. To get free shipping off your order of $30 or more, head to kusatee.com. That's C-U-S-A-T-E-A dot com. It's that whole cliche, live every moment, blah, 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 but... You really feel the weight and the gravity of that when you experience it firsthand. And so you stop wasting moments. And I think a lot of moments for me personally were wasted with fear. And so just learning to be my own encouragement and my own driving force when it comes to conquering fears and that sort of thing was big because I had that loss. I had that absence of it. I'm Laura Hughes, and you're listening to Women on the Road a podcast to bring you closer to some of the honest experiences that life on the road has to offer from the perspective of women who've lived them firsthand. The dark, failure, explosions, being left alone, driving on ice, competition, scorpions. What do all these things have in common? They're fears I've had at some point or still have today if we're being honest. But not everything that used to scare me still holds a power over me. And I bet if you made a list of everything that you've been scared of, you'd see something similar. Where am I going with this? Well, Aubrey Hancock, whose voice you heard at the top of this episode, she's intimately familiar with her fears. And as you'll hear, there's a lot wrapped up inside those feelings. It's all human, and it's all valid to feel this way, to want to hide. But Aubrey knew, even at a time when she was the most vulnerable and scared, that expanding her horizons would be the only way to start to overcome it. Because the real truth is that we're continually growing and evolving, but your fears aren't. They can lose their black magic. They can shrivel and fade. They can shatter into a million pieces that you'll never see again. So when you're afraid of something, even for days or weeks or years, remember that your fears have an expiration date. And with a couple of deep breaths, some patience, and stepping just the smallest bit outside your comfort zone, you can outlast them. And in the case of Aubrey's story, you'll see just how strong and brave being vulnerable and scared actually looks. Aubrey starts off our conversation by sharing a bit about what vehicle got her out on the road solo this past year. I travel in a 1985 Toyota Dolphin. It was like, 
I don't know, something your grandpa would drive way back in the day. It's like a little RV, so not necessarily a van, not necessarily a truck. It's some weird Frankenstein version of the two of them. I really, really love the Dolphin Camper. I know you said it is kind of a Franken vehicle of like not a truck, not a van, not an RV. But if I could, I would get one of those because I think that they're so fun. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I love it now that I've been living in it. You know how sometimes moms have ugly babies and they're like, I love it so much. It's the cutest thing. You're like, no, it looks like Voldemort and... You don't want to tell him. Anyway, that's kind of how I feel about the dolphin. <laughs> like, I love it now that it's mine. <laughs> but at first I was like, this thing is so weird and like not at all what I pictured myself in. But I love it. It's great. I wouldn't change it now, but definitely not what I had expected to start. And when you got it, I know you made some small improvements to it too, right? The whole thing was in really good condition, but the inside is just like, shag carpet all over oh it's the worst thing in the world to get out but it's like all up on the walls and everywhere there's shag carpet everything's like weird browns and rust color oranges and things like it it just didn't suit my vibe and I didn't want carpet in there because I have a dog so I was like that's gonna get messy fast and just gnarly so pulled everything out repainted everything there was like a little dinette in there too like two captain's chairs which were actually kind of cool because they had seat belts in them. So you could like swivel around and be seat belted in while you're eating food. But I guess it's just me. So it wasn't really a possibility anyway, (laughs) but the idea was cool. But I ripped those out because I wanted to be able to put my workbench in there. So ripped those out to make some more storage space. And yeah, just spruced it up a little bit, changed all the parts that were from the 80s that had either like rotted or (laughs) fallen apart over the years or whatever. But it was actually a pretty low cost and low input renovation which was kind of nice because I kind of just wanted to hit the road pretty quickly. What I really love about dolphins are that they do have a truck body and I know yours doesn't have super high clearance or anything but they do have the truck body and then they have the camper completely attached and whenever I see trucks on the road that have the like over cab camper pods that are on the truck bed it scares the crap out of me but I like the idea of having both a truck and a camper although I know you can't separate yours like you can with something that sits on a truck bed but still I think that honestly aside from like the clearance I think you have the best of all the worlds with campers so you might call it an ugly baby that you love but I just think it's the greatest well and it is kind of cool that the cab is connected to the entire like little living quarters because if I am parked somewhere sketchy which don't listen to this mom but if I am parked somewhere sketchy it feels a little bit more comfortable not having to get out of my camper and walk around it's like I just pop out of my driver's seat and go back to my house so it just makes it feel a little bit more safe for me I suppose Yeah, I think for a lot of folks, and especially women traveling, whether they're traveling solo like you are, or even when I was traveling with a partner, I felt this way too, that being able to access your driver's seat from your bed and vice versa is really, really important for safety. Like that for me was the number one thing that made me feel safe because you just always have the option of being able to leave. What got you into that vehicle and on the road? Because you mentioned that you weren't imagining being in that vehicle and that you wanted to kind of get on the road quickly. So what's some of the backstory with that? Over a year ago now, my boyfriend and I, we had been dating for some years, had a house together, had our dog together, all that stuff. So we're really pretty serious. 
We had decided we wanted to go travel, and so we got rid of a bunch of our stuff. We left the state, left my dog with his parents, because his parents just lived like a block away from us, so left our dog with them, and we went and traveled around for a little bit, but while we were traveling, he had actually passed away on a surfing trip while we were in Bali, so I came back and ended up moving in with his parents again because they lived right a block away and it was super healing for all of us I think but moved in with his parents for a few months and it was this well shoot I had this plan for my life I kind of thought I knew where things were going we were gonna go travel around for a year or so get married come back have babies all that kind of stuff and then in the blink of an eye it all just flipped and so so coming back I guess I just didn't want to be afraid of traveling and I think it could have been a very easy thing for me to just be like, oh my gosh, I need to like hunker down. That didn't work. Don't do that again sort of thing. But yeah, and then also where I was living, it, the rent is super expensive. I no longer had a home. And so I was like, well, I, I still want to travel, but I have my dog and I don't want to like leave the States quite yet because I think that might kind of freak my family out if I just gone international again right to start. And so I was like, well, I'll stay in the States and it wasn't necessarily that I ever thought I wanted to do this whole van life thing. I like the idea of it. I like the like free flowing travel thing. And Zach and I had talked about that at points, but wasn't necessarily in my plans. Um, but all of this stuff kind of came together. And I guess I like to say that I didn't really like choose this whole van life, nomad life, but it kind of just forced me into it. And I'm, I'm very privileged to have in a way chosen that still. I could still be in, in Oregon. I could still be very scared and that sort of thing but I guess I just wanted to hit the road to do a lot of healing and to be by myself and very much not hide from the loss of Zach I wanted to like feel everything and I wanted to feel alone because I wanted to like understand the weight of his absence so I hit the road everything happened pretty fast I thought I maybe would get a van or something but the RV came by because my pop Zach's dad he was like, oh, you should check out this little camper. I was like, oh, no, like that sounds miserable. I don't want a camper. I like, <laughs> in growing up, I had lived in a trailer and that sort of thing. And I was like, I do not want to do a trailer. That does not appeal to me. No, thank you. And he's like, no, 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 you should just go look at it. So we went and looked at it and I was like, oh, yeah, you were right. This is really cool. So all of those things kind of came together to put me in a little weird camper and on the road for a year and I don't really have a plan of stopping anytime soon so I guess I'm still healing so I'll, as long as I'm still healing I'll probably still be on the road. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I've read a couple of things online about yeah just some of your backstory but I appreciate you sharing all that and I also just want to say I'm really really impressed with your ability in such a moment of grief also to be able to say these are the things that I need and if I don't act quickly then I might lose some things that are really important to me like traveling like I might lose my drive to do that because fear could take over or whatever so I, I just really admire that and I, I wonder if you do you know where that came from like that compulsion and that self-awareness in that moment it's interesting because I think a lot of people say when something traumatic like that happens, you kind of just go into shock. And there are portions of it where I feel like I was 
a little bit in shock, but for the most part, I felt way more self-aware than I have ever felt in my life, which was a very interesting thing for me. And I think too, because Zach was such an adventurous person and he's like the person who's jumping 70 feet off a cliff to go do a backflip into water and blah, blah, blah. Like he was so gung-ho and so 120% all the time that his loss, I this is such a interesting or weird way to put it, but I feel like when he passed away, so much of his personality kind of just dumped on me. Like I almost took on portions of his personality because I had created this partnership with him and some of the things that he would typically have to spur me to do, I realized that I now had to spur myself to do that. He was always my encourager. And so now that I had that absence of that encouragement, I felt like I needed to be that for myself. I needed to empower myself. I needed to like say, okay, is this scary? Is this something Zach would probably tell you to do? Then you should probably do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be fun. Worst thing that happens is you don't make it. Like, we will all die. That's the crazy thing. And I know that's so morbid, but again, it's that whole cliche, live every moment, blah, blah, blah. But you really feel the weight and the gravity of that when you experience it firsthand. And so you stop wasting moments. And I think a lot of moments for me personally, we're wasted with fear. And so just learning to be my own encouragement and my own driving force when it comes to conquering fears and that sort of thing was big because I had that loss. I had that absence of it all of a sudden. Can you think of anything that you've really confronted this year or done like because you were motivating yourself the way that Zach would or overcoming a fear where Zach would have been like, you can do this, it'll be fine. Oh gosh, (laughs) so many things. I'm not the most graceful person in general. So I've tried skateboarding recently, like over the last year or so. I'm terrible, but it's very much like I can hear Zach's voice in the back of my head being like, oh, that was pretty good. You got like an inch off the ground when you tried to ollie. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. That was good. That was pretty good. So just things like that. Or even, I mean, as much as surfing, um, I've only done it a couple times because I do still have some like trauma related with that because that's how he passed. But yeah, just still getting out and surfing. I loved it. I was learning when we had gone and traveled together. He was the one that was teaching me. And I had really, really connected with it. But when he passed, it, I definitely, yeah, I have moments of fear with it for sure because it's not just surfing now, right? Like now I have this, oh, this could actually, you could actually die doing this. And that's pretty intense and <clears throat> pretty crazy when you're out there in the lineup and It puts a little bit of a mental block in there too, but one of the things that I've really taken from from having Zach there was he would just encourage you to like push through it anyway. (laughs) He was just good at being like, all right, dude, you can do it. You paddled all the way out here. That's the hard part. You might as well just like surf the wave now, right? And I think that's pretty applicable in life in general. You're gonna get pounded by waves sometimes. Actually, you're gonna get pounded by waves all the time. You're gonna like, have to really struggle to get through some stuff but you might as well learn to surf pretty well if if you're gonna have to deal with that anyway. I do think that that idea of yeah you did all this work just to be able to start so just start like go and do it do the thing that's like the most scary about it because honestly you've already done all this other work just to get there is so true um just with motivation in general and confronting our fears so it's really beautiful and I'm really touched that that's a lesson that you gleaned this year and that also is that kind of left for you too 
I mean, it's the same thing, even with just like anything you do, running, like, all right, you got the shorts on, you got your new shoes, you're ready for this, like, you're already at the trail, are you really gonna sit at the trail for like 30 more minutes sitting on your phone? Or are you just gonna get out there and run? Like, just do it, you know? Sit tight. We'll be back with more from Aubrey after this. It might be a desolate, dusty back road or exploring the Pacific Crest Trail. It might be a coastal landscape or a desert mesa at sunrise. It might be somewhere new or it might be an adventure you're revisiting because it was just too good not to share with someone else. But no matter what road you choose on your next big trip, Danner is the boot that wants you to go there. You might be a seasoned outdoor professional or it might be your first time hiking. Whether it's for working, hiking, lifestyle, or hunting, Danner has you covered. With a commitment to crafting boots with purpose and integrity since 1932, Danner's boots both have style and performance that will have you showing up prepared for whatever lies ahead of you. Because the truth is, you don't put on a pair of Danner boots to sit around the house. They're made for adventure, exploration, and the hard work you'll put into them day in and day out. You put in the work of showing up too, of planning, of saying yes to the unknown. Let your boots be the thing that helps to truly take you somewhere. So be it mountains, the shore, the desert, the workday taking you into the elements, or the trails calling your name, go there with Danner. To find out more and see their entire line of women's boots, visit danner.com. That's D-A-N-N-E-R.com. When you've got a life that keeps you on the move, it can be easy to deprioritize yourself or feel isolated from help, even when you need it. Fortunately, no matter where you are, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Thanks to their online interface, you can connect with your professional counselor by scheduling secure video and phone sessions in a safe and private online environment, meaning that you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can even chat and text with them too. I recently tried BetterHelp to work through the stress associated with moving, owning a business, and other major life changes. It was a great fit for BetterHelp. I was connected with a licensed professional counselor and was communicating with them in less than 24 hours. BetterHelp has over 3,000 licensed therapists, too, across all 50 states who specialize in topics like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, grief, and self-esteem. And of course, anything you share with them is completely confidential. Women on the Road listeners get 10% off their first month with discount code ROAD. To get started, go to betterhelp.com road. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love so you can start feeling better inside out. Visit betterhelp.com road and use promo code road for 10% off. I started a little leather goods company. We're back with Aubrey. And one thing that can often grip people in fear is starting a new business. But in this case, Aubrey's leatherworking company actually came from a place of finding peace and healing. And I mostly make like travel accessories or bags or wallets, just kind of things to make people's travels a little bit easier, I think is the biggest thing. And then also I just love leatherworking. And so being able to create something with my own hands that I can physically give to someone and then they can use it either on a daily basis or on a like semi-regular basis is so cool and so powerful for me because... I put all this energy into it, and then you get to keep it, and leather lasts for freaking ever, so it's like an heirloom sort of thing. Like, I want this to be something you can pass down to someone at some point, or you get to keep for your entire life through all of your adventures, and so it's kind of just like a my adventure to your adventure sort of thing, or my healing to 
your healing sort of thing. I didn't actually intend to start a business when I hit the road. I had just done a little bit of leather work, mostly honestly for gifts for Zach, because I would never know what to buy him. So I would just make him something for Christmas or his birthday or whatever it was. But I knew that that was a really good creative outlet for me, especially through my healing process. I needed to be able to use my hands to create something and just kind of get any of my like emotions out or whatever. And so that's kind of why I built the workshop. It was mostly very selfish reason of just I need a creative outlet while I'm on the road and I want something I can do when it gets dark at four o'clock in the evening or whatever. So yeah, I didn't actually expect it to really turn into a business. Looking back on the last year, it's kind of wild that I had made such huge transitions in my life. Like not only was I (laughs) moving, I guess, states and that sort of thing in general, but also moving into a very small space and traveling so much and then also starting a little business. It all seems like a lot, but it all happened so smoothly and so seamlessly that it really wasn't my intention to start a little business. It's just I was creating things that I was really passionate about and I have a really good community backing me and people who want to see me keep healing and people who want to see me keep traveling and so they're like oh yeah we'll just we'll buy something and and now I get to kind of sustain my lifestyle by doing that on the road which is cool. It's very cool and I do love that it came from a place of healing and heart and it maybe wasn't intentional to have a business but it sounds like it's always been very purposeful and so that's really cool and you make beautiful stuff so I can see why more people want to support what you're doing. I did not make the connection that what you're making on your shop is all super utilitarian but it really is and I love how much of it is just yeah so highly usable and it's something that anyone would want to take on their travels. Yeah, I think, I don't know, Mark Twain wrote it at one point, but it said it's the little things in life that smooths your road. And I was like, that's so true with like anything travel oriented, like little tiny things like cord wraps or like, I don't know, having a specific bag for your computer to go in, like makes your life so much easier. Or like equipment, right? Like if you're climbing, if you have the right gear, You spend so much less time thinking about, oh gosh, how do I tie this, this, and this so that it's safe when I just have this one piece of gear that will do that and I get to actually enjoy the process instead, right? Aubrey also found the magic of teaming up with other traveling female business owners. You might remember Madison Hampton, who we've had on the show before in an episode called The Jewelry Shop in the Truck. Madison's currently not on the road full-time. She's based in Montana with her husband and their dog. But something led Aubrey to reaching out earlier this year to make an in-person connection, which also led to some major shifts in her own business. You know, it was very much just like I loved sliding into her DMs. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> that was my my thing with her. <laughs> so I was like, hey, let's meet up. And we did, and we became fast friends. She is incredible, and she's a really, really wonderful businesswoman. And she kind of helped me restructure the way I run my shop. Because beforehand, I would have things on my website for sale, and then people could go in, click, and say, okay, I want four of these bags and two of these wallets. And and then I would panic because I'd be like, okay, well, I gave them a three-week lead time, and now I have to order two more hides, and that's going to take a week to come in, and I don't know where I'm going to be, so I'm going to just send it to this post office. It was just super, super stressful, and it wasn't allowing me to do my healing, and it wasn't allowing me to 
approach it in a very artistic way because I couldn't just make whatever I was feeling. It was very much like I had a set amount of things or I had set products that people could purchase and it just didn't feel very genuine to me anymore. Madison helped me just kind of figure out my life a little bit. She's great. Now I do these shop updates where I'll say, okay, on November 3rd at 2 p.m., all of this stuff that I've been working on for the past couple weeks is going to be available to buy go sort of thing. So when that time comes, then people can go on and get it, which has made it way better for me because I have such a small space in this camper. And I want to be able to move these things quickly because I was inspired by Utah. So I created these four things that look kind of Utah-y or whatever. And I want to be able to keep moving on with my process and have new things in front of me all the time and keeping my creative energy up. So having these shop updates has been a game changer because it it allows me to order everything I need ahead of time, make as much as I can, and then say, this is what I've been working on. These are my little love child bags right now. If you like them, buy them. If not, then I guess my mom's getting another bag for Christmas or something like that. So <laughs> it's changed a lot in the last couple of months. It's been really, really wonderful. Yeah, that is such a great way to optimize when you're traveling on the road because it's really hard to receive packages, especially if it's on like a rolling basis and you're traveling and then you add in the stress of, yeah, having deliverables to somebody and you don't want to let anyone down. So you start crafting your life around everybody else. And it does totally squash your creativity. I can completely see what you mean by that, where you just now get to operate in the best possible creative bubble and do that and then send them out to the world. Yeah. And it's really nice, actually, the way I set my workshop up. I have this big window on the side of my camper and my workbench is right in front of it. So <laughs> I will spend like an hour strategically parking my vehicle, like backing up, pu pulling forward, inching to the side a little bit so I can post up in one spot with like a really beautiful view and then use that kind of like that nature landscape as my creative juice for a week or whatever if I'm going to stay put. That's lovely. I really enjoy hearing that translation of camping and the nice views that you can get while you're on the road to the creative process and that output because I thought the same thing when I started traveling full-time that I had this dream which I was able to bring to life but I had this dream that really fueled getting on the road which was I want to go park somewhere beautiful or be in an area and go shoot photos and then be able to go back to the camper and edit the photos from right there and just really enjoy that whole environment so I love that you said that because it's a different application through your own medium, but I love that concept. I was going to ask you because you mentioned that you're like a little further south right now because of the cold weather. So what's your cold weather game plan this year? Ugh, avoid it like the plague. Gosh, for me, and this all kind of loops back around to my healing process and, and losing Zach and missing his presence and that sort of thing. He was so much sunshine for me. I moved to, okay, grew up in Arizona, moved to Oregon. I had met Zach there and we started dating. And before then I was kind of like, do I want to stay in Oregon? Because it gets really cold. It's snowy. And I was definitely struggling with seasonal depression, which I didn't realize because living in Arizona, growing up in Arizona, you don't, I mean, I'm sure people definitely get it here too, but you don't realize it quite as intensely because you get to see the sun basically every day. And that wasn't really the case for me up in Oregon. So I was 
kind of sifting through this whole new portion of myself that I didn't really know where I would get depressed in the middle of winter and couldn't really figure that out. And dating Zach was actually a very good help for that because he loved winter sports and snowboarding and he was getting me into those sort of things. And so it was lessening and then and then losing him, I was coming back into the winter and I was thinking, oh gosh, I don't want to mask any of my grief or compound the intense feelings I'm already feeling with depression. I want to know where my feelings are coming from. I want to know that it's not because I'm missing the sun. It's because I'm missing Zach. And so part of my goal in getting the camper was, okay, I want to head south for the winter. I kind of need to chase the sun because I want to make sure that the feelings I'm feeling are of grief and not of seasonal depression and that sort of thing. And so during the summers, I'll head up north toward Oregon and Montana and Canada and all that good stuff. And then when it starts to get a little bit cold and a little gloomy, and I can kind of feel my mental health and my energy depleting, I start to head south because I really am such a stinking lizard and (laughs) I love the sun and I, I really do thrive off of being in the sun and being warm and being able to go on hikes all year long and that sort of thing because I really didn't take to snowboarding as much as I would like to and I'd rather be warm. So so yeah, I head south for the winter, typically very much like a bird. And yeah, I don't really have much of a plan. I'd like to make it to Baja. I still feel like I have a lot of healing to do when it comes to surfing itself. And it's way easier to do that when you're in warm water. (laughs) And so I'm heading to Baja, I think, at some point this winter. Just to, yeah, just to kind of heal a little bit more, get out on the surfboard and hopefully do that for like a month or so just to be a little bit more present with my feelings and be warm while I'm doing it. (laughs) Firstly, I can't wait to see what type of leatherworks come out of your trip to Baja. I'm excited for that. I know, right? Everything's going to look like a fish taco, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or you could just wrap up fish tacos in leather and send them to people, and I'm sure people would buy that too, because I would. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I also just wanted to say too, like, I'm glad you mentioned seasonal depression because it's become more and more normalized to talk about seasonal depression. I think that that's great. There are still definitely a lot of stigmas against any type of mental health challenges that folks have, especially in the States, which is sad. But seasonal depression is such a real thing. And that's one of the reasons I live in Utah now. And when I was on the road full time, it was definitely to chase the sun. It was to stay dry and be in the sun. And I think a lot of folks, at least up in the Northwest where I grew up, It was really normalized just to have seasonal depression and to be like, yeah, everyone's kind of depressed and angry right now. And you're like, I mean, you can be, but you can also make a different choice. Like, hopefully, like not everybody can, but I was able to. And I had a hard time imagining a winter that was actually sunny and that had sun and where you saw blue sky. And I was in my 20s by that point. And I was like, I really don't believe that there's another place that isn't completely dark and cloudy and rainy all winter long. I just didn't buy it. I was like, I'm sure there has to be. I just don't know what that looks like. And so I'm so glad I found out because it is a real thing. And even still, though, I think that folks who live out in sunnier parts of the world, we still are affected by the daylight hours being diminished and yeah like my muscles all tense up you know when it gets cold like I have some severe neck pain right now just from like my muscles being more tense yeah I was like oh this is winter this is not this is just my body being like oh we don't like this (laughs) so I think that 
there are so many different ways that you can help yourself during the winter season. And if you're stationary, it's harder. You can still definitely do it. But if you're able to travel and if you're traveling full time, that's where it's really beautiful. But if you're able to travel, yeah, just go somewhere warmer. Go somewhere where there's lower elevation or more sunshine or that's further south. I think that you've got it right. Yeah. Well, and even if you're not able to travel, I mean, gosh, I saw a therapist up until the day I left Oregon on my trip and my camper and all that, because I knew there was going to be a lot of stuff I needed to sift through. And I wanted to be ready for that. And I wanted to have tools for it. And I, I think we just aren't learning the tools, these coping tools and sort of instead of using these like mechanisms to ignore it, learning tools to kind of unpack it and to be comfortable with your grief and to be okay with darkness and learn to love it and understand that it's here for us small time and that you'll move past it and that sort of thing but a lot of us don't learn that growing up and so yeah even if you are in a place where you can't travel freaking if you have seasonal depression go see a therapist it's great it's it's been so life-changing and it's made a huge difference on my trip too it's allowed me to be a lot more introspective and and work through moments too where I do struggle with I guess like PTSD feelings and moments because I was there when everything happened with Zach And especially when it comes to surfing and and just breathing techniques and things like that. Like, we could all use a therapist. They're great. (laughs) And insurance pays for so much these days. And if you don't have insurance, then there's really good, like, online ways of seeing therapists, too. So I'm so used to being, I guess, open about what I've been going through and what I've been moving through that I forget that there's such a stigma about mental health. But there is a stigma. People don't want to be weak, but doesn't mean you're weak because you're seeing a counselor. It means you're doing something about it. I could not agree more. It's something that a lot of people can get some access to as opposed to no access. There's different types of access. And yes, the healthcare system here is very expensive, but there are also ways to get more affordable mental health support. And yeah, it's something that everybody can use. And sometimes at points of our lives more so than others, but there's always a reason for somebody to see a therapist. And it doesn't mean that we're weak. You know, one reason that I'm like just really in awe of where you're at right now, Ari, is that you're really in a place where I feel like you're being really honest and intentional about like who you are and where you're at and what you need and being really honest about that and not a lot of folks are that way because there's a judgment like oh this means that yeah I'm weak or I wasn't able to do this by myself or this means that I'm scared and that's bad and the reality is that we all have things to be scared of and we all have reasons that life is is hard and it's hard to get out of bed in the morning like for everyone it's like different and sometimes it's more serious than others but I just really appreciate how much you are like confronting that and it feels like you have done all that work of like you swam like through all the waves and like you're there and you're like ready to go and you're like yeah I'm doing it so I mean that's what I hear in all this again like befriending your darkness a little bit you're gonna go through it but might as well learn to like put on a really good headlamp and sift through it you know so and that's kind of the tool of counseling is like you get this really cool headlamp out of it and the darkness doesn't seem to be quite as bad because now you can see that your friend's right over there or you know that sort of thing to wrap things up, Aubrey has some words of advice for anyone out there wanting to get started when there's fear involved. You just have to do it. Like make that one step that seems a little bit 
too far out of your comfort zone, like buy a stinking RV, and then you realize that you have to make it happen, or tell someone you will make them a wallet, and then you realize you have to actually do it, like you have to pull through with it and that sort of thing. I think the start to anything is kind of just be vulnerable. It's good. It's a good thing. Vulnerable doesn't mean you're weak. It just means that other people get to see what's happening too. <laughs> it just means you're being real with yourself and with others, I suppose. Thanks so much to Aubrey Hancock for her time, vulnerability, and strength in this honest episode. If you'd like to learn more about Aubrey and see her incredible line of handmade leather goods, you can find her on Instagram at Adventures in Huck Finn, which we'll link in our show notes and tag on social media. I believe she's just a couple weeks away from a shop update too, where new items will be ready to sell. So go check out her platform to learn more. We'll see you next week. But in the meantime, make sure to find us on social media. We're on Instagram at Women on the Road and on Facebook, including our Facebook group for community questions, stories, and support, which you can find by searching for Women on the Road podcast. Also, if you'd like to support the show, we'd really love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You could even share this episode with a friend or family member you think might like it. Thanks again to our sponsors, Danner, Kusa Tea, and BetterHelp. Music is by Jason Shaw and Josh Woodward. Women on the Road is a production of Ravel Creative. Until next time, we'll see you out there.